Hello, dear listeners. It is I once again, DJ Starsange, and today we are going on an afternoon of errands on uh, on board the uh, Lady Ripley. Yes, I'm not aboard my usual buggy. I'm on Hubby's buggy. Say that three times fast. Which means it's a hubby sode. He's along for the ride. Say hello here. Hello. So, with that being said, sit back, relax, get your favorite drink. You're in store for the next edition of Surely You Jest, the day-to-day life of a modern-day jester. So, when we last met up, I was enjoying myself a adult coffee or two, laughing away in the evening and uh, perhaps... Uh, unwinding at the end of a stressful week and to continue on we've had some progress in the old abode hubby has had some time to do some working out of things and uh, well peeling back a few layers and uh, figuring that out what would you what do you have to say for yourself well the Part of the main plumbing for the shower and the shower surround is done. Now we have to head to the other side of the bathroom, which is the medicine cabinet, and fixing that side, which it's now Pandora's box, and we're opening. I was just saying to my sister the other day that these past couple of weeks since this band-aid's been ripped off and uh, actually it was kind of a band-aid because for longer than I'd like to admit we had some duct tape uh, holding up the tile on the wall from the 60s and uh, well there are parts of my family that probably were uh, fairly at home with that concept. Well let's Let's talk about the duct tape on the wall. Now, when we moved in, I knew there was a couple of loose tiles and some leaks, and, well, it was going to be kind of difficult to fix, and knowing I was going to rip it out at some point, I duct taped it. A lot of sections duct tape. There was a 3 by 3 section underneath the shower head that was completely duct taped. And, well, let's just say by the time I finally got to fixing it, any drywall that was behind it had disintegrated. So the only thing that was a wall was duct tape and tile. Yes, I took off the cover in the hall and instead of seeing drywall, I saw the back of porcelain tile. Duct tape and uh, tile sounds like a country song. It does, or a video we might have owned when we were young. Sure, Uh, so we've experienced some progress therein and uh, I was saying to my sister that for the past couple of weeks it's almost been like living in a hotel because unlike for uh, well that chapter in our homeowner history we're no longer having to go to the basement to turn the water on and off so you know um we need maybe slightly more hygienic these days, despite excuses we might have had from the pandemic. So, um, well, you know, wrapping our heads around what we want to accomplish with the remodel, the renovations, because every t- 
time you peel back a layer, it's a, it's a chance to, you know, change your version of drag. Um, and in this case, the, the uh, presentation therein. So we are out and about looking for inspirations. We're doing pops of color. Um, at one point, Hubby was trying to convince me that we should be planning to include a brightly colored pink flamingo in my bathroom, and I'm sorry. If any of you are in the South, I know that that is basically uh, the the um, fallback. You know, if you if you have no imagination, you probably have rampant themes of the tropics in your bathroom, much like in the Northeast where we like to think that lighthouses and beach scenes are the fallback for our bathrooms. Okay, let's talk about the flamingo. <laughs> we have a five foot by seven foot main bathroom. This thing is small, so we cannot put cabinets on the wall. We can only recess them. We can only do certain things. And looking at splitting up the wall between the medicine cabinet and the other side, we were very fortunate to look for a 14 by 32 inch frame a couple weekends ago. And to our surprise, we found the exact frame we need. Now, looking up vintage prints and looking up things that would be Art Nouveau, Art Deco, something old for the bathroom. And because it's so small, we're not gonna have much art in there. So we needed a statement piece. Well, I found this Art Nouveau print and it was dark. It had all the tones I like. He's using fancy words, so there's going to be an explanation. The best anyway, it was this really cool vintage pink flamingo oil painting. Now it wasn't tacky, it was quite neat. Unfortunately, I couldn't get Hubby on board for it. So we went all back of one of the Monet water lily paintings. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, I am just not sold on the idea that an animal that normally only appears in cartoons because it's an exotic breed is something that I should be looking at every day while I'm having my constitutional. It was unexpected. So, <laughs> now we're gonna do one of the Monet's watercolor or oil paintings of the water lilies. And now I have to decide what era to talk hubby into. Do we go into his earlier work, which is more detailed? Or do we go into his older work, which is more impressionistic? At this point, I'm just gonna pick it. And certainly, I'm just simply thankful to not be having to go to the basement to turn the water on and off. Um, but I will settle for having a mirror over the sink so that I can properly brush my oh, teeth. Now that's Pandora's box. Because you see, we need a medicine cabinet. And because we're doing Monet, the walls are gonna be a metallic purple. Why not? There's not much wall to be had. So it might be overpowering for a big room, but a little powder room, no. 
So, a medicine cabinet. I was very fortunate to find a 1960s arch top and bottom glass medicine cabinet. But the opening in the wall is too high, so I have to take off plaster and redo the structure of the wall. To fit this medicine cabinet, I paid $8 for it at the thrift store, which then begs the next question. Does my cheap butt just go and buy a bigger medicine cabinet that's long and narrow to go in this hole? Who knows? That's what we're kind of going out doing today. We won't even comment on the hole opening there. But anyways, I am just thankful that due to the electrical work that will inevitably be explored and addressed in our household, keeping in mind, folks, we live in a house that was built in the 60s, so this is some 60 years ago now, um, there is a distinct possibility that when it comes summertime, and I'm having to fish out the air conditioners because we don't have a modern system in our home. We do have to put the units in the windows, honk. Um, but perhaps this year, I won't be having to run a fluorescent orange cord through the heart of the household to the basement because we have um, questionable power sources. <laughs> well, it was the 60s and we were lucky we didn't get aluminum wiring. In fact, when they did the copper wiring, they did it right. They did exactly what they were supposed to. Unfortunately, there weren't computers, there weren't TVs in every room, there weren't devices. So we had six fuses. Kitchen, basement, upstairs, downstairs, garage. The entire upstairs was on one fuse. And since I'm ripping walls open, I have found ways to cut circuits in half and run wiring up to have each bedroom on its own circuit and have the bathroom on its own circuit, but it's Pandora's box. And hubby here wanted me to finish the bathroom, not really knowing that this was Pandora's box. Well, uh, for all of or any of the uh, grumbling I may do, uh, spousal brow beating, it's certainly implied that um, I'm not allowed to help because hubby feels that uh, if you want something to be done right, you need to do it yourself. Unfortunately, we both feel that way sometimes, and there's been one or two projects that I've decided to take in my own hands, and, well, we just won't talk about that, but... What, the electrical outlets to be wired? Hey, the house didn't burn down. In fact, I seem to recall there has been more than a single outlet that's been opened in this house that shows evidence of the burgeoning Catholic family that lived here with, um, shall I say, um, improper electrical needs. Oh, you mean the scorch marks that I warned my electrician about and he didn't quite believe me until he opened up a couple of outlets? Yeah, that. So, all in all, I am simply thankful that I am not somebody needing home dialysis because unlike the previous homeowner who did, I'm not having to run that equipment off of an ungrounded outlet. There were adapters in this house and I know that the older lady who owns the place had home dialysis. Those things are supposed to be plugged into a grounded three-prong outlet and she was using these things on a two-prong adapter that you would get at a dollar store. 
Well, she was also on oxygen, and there were oxygen tanks all over the place when we looked at the place. And because of that, there was a ton of fire extinguishers, and that's what I thought they were for. But now I'm kind of thinking the fire extinguishers were for the outlets. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for those of you who are old enough to remember Green Acres, um, what was the handy woman's name, Ralph? Ralph has her, her work cut out for her in our household. Unfortunately, in this case, Ralph is hubby. So, anyways, we are out and about, and uh, we are going to uh, parts towards Oslo to do some uh, inspiration seeking. And because there's nothing else to do. Yes, but uh, tell the listeners what did we um, manage to. Uh, Put together from one of our finds the, the I, I'm going in the direction of the light that we're putting up in the bathroom the vanity oh so our last adventure was I wanted stained glass with the colorings of a Van Gogh and you know sort of Tiffany inspired you, you go on to Amazon and you see these light fixtures and you're like oh that's pretty and then you go through the reviews and you start to see the word fire every once in a while and you're like, oh, they're not quality tested. They're not UL listed. Um, yeah, they're, they're not that safe, which is why they're so cheap. So instead of buying an expensive fixture, I figured we would just find stained glass globes that were purplish and would work. And surprisingly, we found them Dirt cheap. Well, I found it, but that's that's what happens. There are rules when it comes to thrifting. You do not pick up a shopping cart when you go into the store because then you will never find anything. And then the other rule of thumb is usually the person who doesn't go with you during most of your thrifting is the one who will find something. Well, well technically, you, you did find the ceiling fan per se. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean per se is... When I bring things home from the Goodwills, well, let's just say there are the looks. So if I need just two little shades, great. But if I see these little shades on a huge mound of extra large ceiling fans with blades and everything sticking out of it, I might give hubby a coronary if I say, we're gonna purchase this and just use two shades and chuck it. So I very carefully crafted to go back through and shove him as close to this thing as possible in hopes he would recognize the shade. And luckily he did. Just like any classic uh, old married couple scenario, the possibility of an idea being accepted is how do you get your spouse to think that it was their idea? So, I was led to believe that I found this item in the store. So it was okay that we ended up taking the whole thing, even though we were only keeping part of it. I'm all right with that. We saved money, and we're going to have a pretty fixture in our bathroom for way less than it would have cost if we bought that new as and uh, as all one piece. And we spent the money, I know it hurt, to actually buy a rust-resistant waterproof type fixture to hold these shades so we got a high quality fixture with the shades we wanted yes so that's just been part of the fun of late 
and um, you know we'll we'll try to keep you up to date on the goings on therein. But uh, you know we try to mix things up on this show of mine. We sometimes talk about things that don't involve uh, you know home life and whatnot. And so um, it's recently been brought to the attention of the nerd world or if you've been living under a rock my favorite show has been cancelled. Now I have a lot of shows that I like but as anyone who's listened to me for any length of time you will remember that in my teens my friends, my extended family were my nerd friends. My nerd brothers and sisters that I got to know in the sci-fi club that I joined and uh, well it's been on for a number of years now about five years going on but it's been announced that Star Trek Discovery has been cancelled some will say that it was always the plan for that show to run five seasons and this was a planned thing but we're so used to the old days of broadcast television we think we get seven seasons of a show and they plan the cancellation Well, uh, supposedly post-production has been uh, on the schedule of late and they haven't quite finished making it for the release. They've done most of the filming. But allegedly there is a plan for them to have a proper goodbye for Discovery when it gets released next year. We've already waited long enough between seasons with all of the goings-on with the pandemic the last couple of years delaying the releases. And uh, I have, as well as Hubby, I believe I can say for both of us that we've both really enjoyed what's been being turned out. But uh, certain shows are ending. Picard got a third season. That's not going to be being made anymore. And so uh, the studio apparently only has so much money to keep things running, to keep the lights on. So uh, something has to be over. I just hope that something will take its place. And, um, well, uh, there's been no clear indication. But we're hoping that before Picard Season 3 is out, we have a good indication of what is coming around the corner. So... Uh, With that being said, I'm sad because Star Trek has always been about the future, about the fact that in the future, humanity has less division between ethnicities and cultures, and we are more of a human race. But we never talked about the elephant in the room. What role did gay people gay, lesbian, bisexual, the alphabet mafia. What role do we have in the future? We have legalized marriage for everyone in the U.S. of A. So uh, how does that translate into Gene Roddenberry's depiction of the future? Well, we finally got it on Discovery, which, sure, that show started about six years ago now. But some of you may be forgetting there were 13 years not one, two, three, more than a dozen years between Star Trek shows on television Enterprise was cancelled after four seasons and we waited 13 years before the next TV series Discovery so we finally get a new Star Trek show and we are fortunate enough to have 
women in charge at the studio. The, uh, one of the producers of Star Trek Discovery is Michelle Paradise. And we get representation. We have a gay couple who is, uh, who are major crew members on the ship. One of the engineers, Paul Stamets, and Dr. Hugh Culber, played brilliantly by Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz, get to be a happily partnered couple who shares kisses on screen and got to even have rather everyday domestic events like brushing their teeth before going to bed. We never ever got that before. There's hardly ever been happy couples on Star Trek and now that's coming to an end. Oh, come on, Rehad, Worf, and Troy. (laughs) Well, that might have been biracial, but uh, I don't know that I need to see that. That was a little bit like walking in on Mom and Dad. I... Even Marina Sirtis has admitted that um, Worf and Troy was a little bit of a joke. But anyways, I personally have a short wish list that I don't know is going to be accomplished before Discovery is off the air. But I wanted to see Stamets and Culber have their date at the Opera House. That was teased in the first episode because Stamets supposedly didn't like opera. And one of us has an interest that the other half in their relationship doesn't totally appreciate. I would also like to see Saru, the first officer, become happily involved with the president of the joined Vulcan world, which in Discovery, it's the 32nd century now, and if you aren't paying attention or you haven't watched, in the future, the Romulan star has gone Nova, and the Romulan people have sought refuge on Vulcan. So now they are on a joined world, and I'm forgetting the name right now, but Saru has gotten into a relationship with their president, Tarina, and it's been a very interesting experience to see that evolve on screen. I hope that they give us some conclusions with that, or wrap up storylines, but I would also like to see the witty, dry-humored lesbian engineer on Discovery, Jet Reno. I would like to see her find love again because uh, from the moment we met her, we knew that she was somebody who had suffered through wartime because one of the first things we learned about her is that she lost her wife during the war. And it would just be nice that as well as being represented on screen that we mattered and that we resolved plot lines. So that's my beef for the moment. We're actually pulling into one of our stops, and uh, we will continue this in a moment. Okay, so that was a disappointing afternoon out. Like uh, many things these days, stores are reducing their overhead, meaning that you can do uh, a lot of your shopping online, so they take away the varieties of what was being kept in person to browse so we were looking for curtains for our dining room and we struck out there and usually when we go to the thrift stores it's just a, a matter of luck we we find something gently used and discarded that uh, strikes our interest usually it's electronics but um, didn't find much of anything today so eh. At least we left the house, and as my folks would have said, they got the stink blown off of us, but, um... 
Anyways, so I've celebrated a, a few birthdays and I'm a handful short of my mid-century. And, uh, well, you know, I don't print my own money, so I wasn't exactly going to buy a sports car or... Uh, well, I've already had pierced ears, so I'm not going to be, like, you know, getting a bird and going around like a pirate. But I did get a hole. Uh, I, I put a hole in my face. Um, long story not so short. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I did not come out until I was 22. Now, why I say that is because back in the day, having a pierced ear was tantamount. Yes, look that word up. It's a big one to uh, your orientation so you know if you had more than one ear pierced or if you had the wrong side pierced you could be um, a little uh, you know uh, untraditional and uh, well hubby he came out at 15 and he even got taken out to dinner to celebrate the occasion where'd you go red lobster and how old were you when you got your ears pierced probably 13 so yeah that predated him coming out and uh, due to my upbringing, uh, you know, a nice uh, family with a church-going mom out in the country, I didn't even dare get my ears pierced while living at home. Although, somehow it escaped them that their son, who had shoulder-length hair and blonde highlights, who also wore a navy blue, not light, light blue, not 70s folks, dark navy blue tucks with tails and a light blue vest with paisley, could somehow still be straight. Oh yes, and he had a three-inch rainbow border on the uh, walls of his bedroom. But anyways, I never got my ears pierced. I did have other things pierced that I won't talk about, but they're not south of the border. And um, those are things that you could wear clothing to hide. So, uh, you know, that was that was kind of my thing back then. And then, um, well, let's just say that uh, I had a controlling ex that uh, when we parted company, that was my first uh, step to reinventing myself. Uh, I went and got a haircut, had my uh, hair bleached, I got my ears pierced, and I got my first tattoo. And it wasn't no small one either, so that was sort of my rite of passage. And now that I'm just a handful of days, or a handful of half days, thank God it's not that. Thank hydrogen. Uh, since I'm still a few pages away from the mid-century, I decided, eh, I haven't done it. I'm an adult, and I kind of have my boss's permission. It's dress code, okay? I got my septum pierced, man. Look it up. I got a nose piercing, but it's not on the outside. So, it was, uh, it was interesting. Like I said, I've had a piercing done before, and I've actually had ones done that hurt a little bit more. You can't do things without with needles and expect it to be eventless. But uh, this actually was over and done with fairly quickly, and I was quite impressed. And I've been thinking of adding a second set of holes to my ears. Um, nothing uh, exaggerated, just for regular earrings. And I will probably go back to the same artist. So that was uh, a fun little afternoon. And uh, it was done and over before I knew it, so... I could check that one off of my little F it list. Uh, so, that uh, brings me to our next episode of Matinee Minutia, that show about film and trivi television trivia I do with my nerd brother, my partner in crime. 
Next time we're going to be discussing an early 70s comedy drama. And this is a film that is by the director. It works. I can edit this in. The director that brought us such films as The China Syndrome. The China Syndrome. Urban Cowboy. And Bright Lights Big City. This is a film which stars Timothy Bottoms, Lindsay Wagner, and Mr. John Hausman, who some of you may know is the kindly grandfather from the 80s sitcom Silver Spoons. And uh, this is a story about a first year law student at Harvard who struggles to balance his coursework and a woman. Haha. Unaware that she has a connection that affects their relationship. I'm thinking it might be the teacher's daughter. So next time on Matinee Minutia, which will be Friday, March 17th, we're going to be discussing The Paper Chase. And I do believe it is available to rent on uh, services like Amazon. So check that out if you will. And uh, be sure to join us in the chat room, matineeminutia.com, 9 p.m. Eastern. Click on the tower for audio. This is our last show on the live server, folks. You will still be able to listen to us if you check us out on YouTube. But uh, enter the Discord button there, that little symbol that looks like a mask or a game controller, depending on who you ask, and participate in our show. So, as always, you can tweet me on Twitter at DJStarsage, and you can email me, DJStarsage at gmail.com. Um, since you spent the afternoon with me, hubby, is there anything you want to, any parting words you want to pass on to the listeners? Good luck thrifting. Okay. Well, you know, wiser words have not been spoken by someone who spent as much time with me. Okay, folks. Ta-ta for now. Kisses from the carriage. Goodbye. Chubb's gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti.